levels of depression in the Australian community are at epidemic levels. Why, when we live in such a relatively safe, healthy and prosperous nation? Could it be that our privileged lifestyle is doing us harm? And if so, what can we do about it? This is Signs of the Times Radio with Kent Kingston. I'm here with Dr. Darren Morton, who's a lecturer in lifestyle medicine at Avondale College uh, here in New South Wales. Thanks for being with us, Darren. It is a pleasure. Great to be with you. Excellent. Now, Darren, we're here because you've written this uh, great article in this month's, the the June, uh, Signs of the Times magazine, uh, The Healing Power of Green Time. Mm. Actually, I should take a step back. Yeah, you wrote it, but then you put it in a book, and then I took it and adapted it and put it in the magazine. So thanks for letting us do that. You are welcome. Couldn't have written it better myself. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so thanks heaps for that. So so this book that you've written... um, that we took that extract from mm. is is called Live More Happy. Yes. Well, what's, I mean, that's bad grammar to start off with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a remarkable how many people, there's meant to be a bit of a pause yeah. there. So it's Live More Happy. Okay. And uh, yeah, so, but look, the byline is scientifically proven ways mm-hmm. to lift your mood and your life. And, and I have a great interest in that space. Look, we live in the lucky country mm-hmm. and here in Australia, and yet we know that one in 10 Australian adults are taking the antidepressant each day. Yeah. It's so an epidemic. It's say. an epidemic. It's doubled in, that part, in the past decade. Mm-hmm. And so we really have this challenge where so many people are struggling mm-hmm. with their emotional health and just not experiencing the, the kind of um, emotional vitality that they, that they would like. Mm-hmm. In fact, the studies seem to indicate that probably about at 20%. So that's only one in five people indicate that they're truly flourishing in life. Wow. So if we have, you know, sort of 20% at the the, the top end of the spectrum are doing, you know, quite well, Mm. there's probably another 20% at the bottom that that are are really struggling. Mm -hmm. And what it means is there there is probably 60%, you know, maybe even 70% of people who are somewhere in the middle who, look, wouldn't say that they're down, but they're not necessarily up either. Mm. I'm interested, you use the word flourishing, what what does flourishing mean? Like, how would you define that? Yeah, that's a great great point. In fact, what we um, historically we've spoken about being happy, mm-hmm. and in fact, my book ha- you know, has the the word happy on the front yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit anxious about putting that there, believe mm-hmm. it or not, which is odd because I mean everyone wants to be happy. Mm-hmm. You know, and and Frank once penned, she said, uh, you know, we all would live with a pursuit to be happy. Mm-hmm. Our lives are all different and yet the same. Yeah, well, that, they say um, happiness depends on what happens, um, but perhaps what we're after is something a little deeper, something a little more enduring that will keep us um, having a positive attitude, you know, sort of regardless of the ups and downs of life. That's correct. And so, look, happiness for many people is, is a bit, has a bit of a fluffy sort of light, lack mm-hmm. of substance connotation. Mm. And, and the type of happy I'm talking about is not that. Okay. It's, 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 it's this idea of having a, you know, positive emotion, certainly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, having a sense of peace and a, a sense of joy, a sense of excitement even, mm-hmm. but also then a deep sense of satisfaction in life. Okay. And within the, the scientific literature, and there's particularly, there's one discipline of science referred to as positive psychology. Okay, yeah. And they've taken a great interest in this space. And yeah, they talk about happiness and happiness science, mm-hmm. but the word that they, they like to use to, to denote that, that bigger, construct mm. is flourishing. 
flourishing. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's, that is really interesting. So, um, so for, for those of us who, uh, who aren't sort of readers or, or too cheap to, to get the book, can, can, <laughs> can, I know you're just undercutting yourself yeah, here, but, yeah, that's right. but, but can you give us a summary of um, you know, what some of the points are in your book that, that help us live a happier or, or more flourishing life? Yeah, sure. So personally, I come from the, the lifestyle medicine world mm-hmm. and and I've been immersed in that space for which, many, which many years Which means now. what? Yeah, what, so, what's lifestyle, so lifestyle medicine? medicine, to me, it's the future of healthcare. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very exciting space. And lifestyle medicine is about treating the cause mm-hmm. of many of the chronic physical conditions that many people suffer from uh, today. Okay. So, so diabetes, yes. stroke, heart disease. Yes, all of those mm. those ailments. Now, and, and overweight sort of yes, is linked with a lot of those that's things That's exactly too. right. Yeah. So, you know, so we have, look, you know, if, if, if we want to speak candidly, mm. we don't have a healthcare system in Australia. We, we primarily have a disease care system. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, people get unwell and mm-hmm. then we do stuff to try and help them mm-hmm. manage that. Uh, what we know are that chronic conditions, such as the things we've just cited, mm. are actually lifestyle related, primarily. Yeah. You know, for example, we know that, and you know, the studies are very clear on this, that you know probably ninety percent of type two diabetes is preventable. Yeah, and, and that's even, a key word, isn't it? Preventable. Preventable. When we're looking at lifestyle diseases, that means if we live differently, yes, our health outcomes would also be different. A very yeah. different. And yeah. you know, we, we look at heart attacks. You know, probably eight out of ten heart attacks are preventable. Mm-hmm. You know, if people were to make you know more positive, healthy lifestyle choices, which is a challenge. But you know, what's very exciting is that we now know that when people who even have things like type two diabetes mm. and heart conditions, when they adopt positive lifestyle behaviours, mm-hmm. we can actually see them that th- they can be very helpful for the management and even reversal. Mm. Which is, which is to me, a tremendous, tremendously exciting mm. space. We, we've seen that with smoking too, haven't we? I mean, yes. smoking is, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. the number one um, cause of lifestyle-related deaths you know, sort of a, a, around the world. And if someone is to stop smoking, their yes. risk, uh, I think, what, five or ten years after stopping smoking is pretty much exactly the same as someone who's never smoked. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. And, and what's, what's, what it shows is the human body has this incredible capacity, you know, to care for itself mm. if given the right resources. Yeah. And so that's what lifestyle medicine is about. Lifestyle medicine is about helping people to, you know, eat better, to move better, to manage stress better, mm-hmm. um, to sleep better, to rest better. And in doing that, it can be very therapeutic for you know, treating the cause of these chronic conditions. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I've been immersed in that world for, for many years now. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a fellow of the Australasian Society of Lifestyle Medicine and, and a certified mm. diplomat of the International Board of Lifestyle Medicine. Wow, okay. But what excites me is that uh, lifestyle medicine, what we're discovering is what's good for your body mm. is also tremendously good for your brain. Okay. And just, our, just, can, can I just stop you there just briefly before you go on? So you're talking about lifestyle medicine. You, you had a, a bit of a dig at the so-called healthcare system in, yeah. in, in passing. Uh, some of our listeners might be thinking, oh, is this some sort of sort of hippy-dippy <laughs> n- naturopath sort of stuff? I mean, yeah. are, are you down on medication? Are you down on hospitals? Um, or do you Absolutely see them a, as having a role? No, no, no. Fair, very much. You know, I mean, clearly, med- modern medicine is marvellous. Mm-hmm. You know, my wife would not be alive mm-hmm. unless it had been for medical intervention for, you know, when she delivered our first child, as an example. Yeah. Okay. So, look, we have to celebrate this. Modern mm. medicine is fantastic. But what modern medicine tends to do is apply the same paradigm to all of our conditions. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and when we look at chronic conditions, 
you know, these are lifestyle related. Mm, you know, mm. it's, it's lifestyle. We know that diabetes has increased, for example, 900% in the past 30 years. Mm. You know, what's changed? Well, it's our lifestyle that's changed. Yeah, okay. So, so, so you're not saying to a diabetic, stop taking your oh, insulin not at all. And, and, and just go, go for a jog and, and eat some pumpkin seeds and, no, and you'll, you'll be right. absolutely not. You're, no. you're talking about a holistic approach that yes. does involve medication, uh, you know, where it's needed, but hopefully you can reduce your need for that medication if you put some lifestyle yes. changes oh, into look, place. You know, there are, you know, we need to create this caveat very clearly that yeah, yeah. you know people need to maintain and you know stay in the care mm. of their their healthcare provider. Mm. But look, it, within the you know we look at um, medical journals now that relate to chronic disease, there's, mm. there's this increasing call recognizing mm. that hey, what we're doing, we're actually putting band aids. Mm. on conditions. Yep. We need to look back further, look, look upstream mm. to what's the, the root cause of these things. Yep. And it's, it's you know, it's, it's lifestyle. And Comes so let's that treat word. that Preventable. Cause. Preventable. Preventable, yeah. yeah. So look, and lifestyle medicine is an evidence-based science. Mm-hmm. It's an evidence-based discipline mm-hmm. that, you know, only is, is works on the basis of peer-reviewed publications that, mm-hmm. know, that show and support the, the efficacy of these, these things. And, and I understand it in your book, which we'll get back to, Darren. Yeah. Sorry, I've, I've taken you on a, a bit of a circuitous off-ramp here. Yeah. But in your book, you actually write about some of your research. You're actually one of these researchers who's, um, who's contributing to this body of knowledge. What, yes. what has your research particularly uh, focused on and how does that contribute to the larger picture? Yeah, well, I'm part of the Lifestyle Research Centre at Avondale College of Higher Education and so mm-hmm. We have, you know, a lot of different research projects going on and I have several, you know, PhD students working on projects in this space. In in terms of the lifestyle medicine world and how it relates to chronic disease management mm-hmm. um, and treatment, I have um, a particular interest in a program that's called the Complete Health Improvement Program. Okay. Or CHIP for short. <laughs> yeah. The, the CHIP, uh, the name's a little bit misleading. People go, yes, I'll go on the CHIP program. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't mean eating deep fried chips. potato. <laughs> uh, and so, look, CHIP, I was actually um, involved in the development of this CHIP program, mm-hmm. which is a, a lifestyle intervention mm-hmm. where people learn and then experience these lifestyle changes mm. and, and are supported in that approach. Yeah, we, Chip, we, we actually just finished having one of these at our church. So right. I think for a series of several weeks, you know, a couple of few nights a week, we had a group of people from our community coming into our church hall, yes. um, like learning this health information. Uh, they also saw like healthy food being prepared. I think they also have health checks, don't they, to check their blood pressure and That's their weight correct. like before and during and after the program to see what improvements. That's correct. Yeah. So it's it's sort of hands-on, it's practical and people see incredible results. Well, it's incredible. I'm also chip, you know, I'm actually I was one help one of the to develop the chip program mm, and mm. and I'm one of the presenters in that program which now operates mm. in 10 countries around the world. So yeah. it's very exciting. Yep. And look, we've seen you know, over 10,000 people. Um, we've got data on over 10,000 chip participants worldwide. And it's incredible. You know, we see people completely, you know, lowering um, their cholesterol levels into normal mm-hmm. ranges, blood pressures coming down to normal mm-hmm. ranges, people losing are, weight. People are having, the doctors are saying, you can go off your blood pressure medication, That's correct. Aren't they? That's yeah. correct. It's powerful. It's incredibly mm-hmm. powerful. And um, yeah, and chip, and in fact, it's even available online now, um, mm-hmm. the chip program, Complete Health Improvement Program. So yeah, yeah, look, that's the lifestyle medicine world. Mm-hmm. And I historically, I've been, most of my research has focused on these physical mm-hmm. health conditions mm-hmm. or ill health conditions, right. to put it better. But, you know, for me, um, the end game is really to help people 
to live their best life. Mm-hmm. And that's always been the case for me. And so, you know, why did I want to help people, with, you know, to treat and reverse their diabetes potentially? It's because I, I want them to empower them to, to feel better. To flourish. To flourish. Mm. And so... It was a very natural progression as we started to see that when people adopt these healthy lifestyle behaviours that help their body, it also helps their brain. And people Mm -hmm. report so characteristically that they feel better. Mm -hmm. And so, look, I think for me, it was a natural progression when I started to see, hey, the lifestyle medicine world has a lot to contribute Mm. to this, this epidemic of you know, low mood mm. and, and, and low mental health. And then coupled with another flourishing discipline, mm-hmm. to use that word again, um, that is positive psychology. Mm-hmm. Positive psychology is not pop psychology. Yeah. Uh, once again, this is, this is solid science. Yeah, it's yeah. the scientific study of what it takes for people to flourish in life. Yeah, be- because for so long, psychologists and psychiatrists have focused on mental illness and, and ill health. Uh, but that was at Martin Seligman That's uh, correct. A, a few decades ago. Yes. Said, hey, wh- why, why are we looking at all the negatives and yes. all the pathologies and what makes people sick all the time? Yes. Why don't we focus on the positive and see what makes people well, what makes people happy, what, what works when exactly. it comes to psychology? Yeah, that, that's... And, that, and so you, you've followed through in, in that school of thought where, within psychology and you've put that together with the lifestyle medicine stuff in, in this book, Live More Happy. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. And so essentially then what I've done is, is brought together all of the evidence-based strategies from lifestyle medicine, mm-hmm. from positive psychology that we know help people feel better. Mm-hmm. And what's incredible is that many of them are very efficacious. I mean, as effective mm. as for example, antidepressant medication mm. for improving mood. And many of them happen almost instantaneously. Wow. So this is, you know, this is really exciting. It's, it's funny you say that because I, I remember a day several years back when I, I'd been feeling quite low for a couple of weeks. Um, just And that's, this day, it was a Sunday, mm. nothing to do, feeling really down. Yeah. Thought, oh, I've got to get out of here, go for a ride on my bike. So I got, got the push bike out, rode down the road, rode down a gravel road, stopped wandered into the bush, there was a little creek and a little waterfall there. This is far north Queensland, so you find yeah. this all over the place. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, went for a swim in the creek there. And when I got out of it, out of that creek, I just could not believe how my mood had just pretty much instantaneously changed and, and improved. Yes. Um, I just put a stop to that, you know, that negative spiral that, that I was in. Yes. And I couldn't believe how simple it was. And yes. is that the sort of thing you're talking about? And look, you've touched on a couple of the strategies that, mm. I, that I mentioned in the book. So... Actually, I should make this one caveat. You know, mm. in I talk about live more happy. Mm-hmm. I'm not pretending that everyone can be happy 24-7, mm. right? Because, look, the, the truth is that our mental health, our emotional vitality does mm. ebb and flow. And, and obviously, if you've had some, you know, tragic circumstance, which mm. has just occurred, um, then that will influence your... It, your it's your natural to feel sad at that point. And in, and in fact, you should. You need yes. to express that sadness yeah, or, or as, that grief. Yeah. As, you know, wise King Solomon once said, you mm. know, there is a time for everything. There mm. is a time to weep, you know, and there is a time to cry. There, but there is a time to laugh. Mm. But, and I believe, though, that most of us, most of the time can be experiencing more emotional vitality. Mm-hmm. And there's great reasons for that, you know, for doing that. We, we mm. know that people that have more emotional vitality live longer. Mm. They, uh, we know that how you feel affects how you heal. So they actually, they're healthier. Mm. Um, they're more productive. Um, pretty much the quality of their life is better because yeah. the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your emotions. Yeah, yeah. And so look, yeah, I'm in in the book. I spell out a whole heap of strategies, so maybe we can yeah. touch on. Yeah, yeah. So let's let, we we're back there now. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so take yeah, take us through some of those strategies. Look, 
it's things like motion creates emotion. Mm-hmm. That's the title of one of the okay, chapters. These, <clears throat> yeah, these these are catchy people. Note note these down. Okay. Yeah. So motion creates emotion. That's correct. Yep. We we know that distributed throughout your body, uh, millions of uh, tiny little sensors, little nerve endings, mm-hmm. referred to as proprioceptors. And these proprioceptors tell your brain where your body parts are in relation mm-hmm. to each other and how they're moving. Mm-hmm. And they go directly to your emotional brain. Mm-hmm. And so this is why how you move and even how you posture yourself mm. affects the way that you feel. Yep. Motion creates emotion. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I've, you, you, talked, you mentioned your story of getting out and going for a ride on your bike. And, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's incredibly true. We know that moving, just moving mm-hmm. for less than 10 minutes will lift your mood. Mm. And so, look, I, I've moved away from talking about exercise nowadays because mm. um, whilst exercise is fantastic and I mm. love exercise and I do it every day myself, yep, I know yep. for many people it equals pain and sweat <laughs> and they don't, they don't <laughs> want to go near it. But so the message is, okay, well, you don't have to exercise, just mm. move, mm-hmm. just move in any way you can. The more dynamically you can do it, mm. then the more um, beneficial the messages to mm. your emotional brain will be. So motion creates emotion. Okay. Well, that's really interesting. I, I guess the, the opposing side of that, and I'm interested in your perspective on this, is they say the posture that we use when we slouch at our desk or, or on our couch um, over a, a laptop or, or something mm. is actually pretty close to the, a fetal position that we would be adopting if we were severe really depressed and lying in, in the Absolutely. corner in the corner of the room. So it's not surprising in some senses that sitting for a long time sort of slouched and crouched uh, over a, a screen yes, actually perpetuates that emotion. It leads you to, yeah, Absolutely, to feel miserable. Yeah, and, and look, I talk about that. They're, they're in the book, I, I mentioned some studies by uh, New Zealand researchers where they, mm-hmm. they physically did that. They taped people into mm-hmm. different postures, slumped postures, upright postures, and within about half an hour, these people are reporting changes in their mood states. There so, yeah, it's, it's very powerful. Wow. Motion creates emotion okay well, what else blue and green should often be seen okay and this is where where we took the excerpt uh, for this month's signs of the times that's okay. correct and so look the, the the science is overwhelming that um we know that your emotional brain is very tuned in mm. to sight sounds and smells and the type of sight sounds and smells that it loves come from natural environments blue, okay. blue and green spaces mm-hmm. particularly bright lit blue and green spaces okay. so outdoor when the sun is shining mm-hmm. we know it's incredibly therapeutic for people in fact there are studies once again coming out of new zealand which show that when um, people live closer to blue and green spaces when they have more access to that kind of an environment mm-hmm. um, depression and anxiety rates just plummet mm, so wow. very powerful blue and green should often be seen is, is that just because they're rich and they have a water view <laughs> yeah well it doesn't even seem to be need to be the water view it's it's even we know that um, just greenery just trees around mm-hmm. your house um, or in your house um, yeah, are incredible, are very, mm. very. So, so, so seriously, I mean, if, if I am living in a high rise apartment, you know, in, in a city somewhere, yeah. how, how do I do that? How do I get look, that, just, that blue and green? Look, access to, to parks, mm-hmm. obviously, if, if, if at all able. The most important aspect of it is the bright light element. Mm-hmm. And what we know is that people need to be getting outside more than they uh, are. Okay. In, so, so sit on your balcony to have, have yes, your breakfast. That's correct. Or go at try, least try to walk minutes. to work through the park rather than... Absolutely. Yeah. At least 30 minutes a day outside whilst the sun is shining. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we know that your emotional brain needs that. In fact, mm. we know that when people 
live in areas in the world that you know have high latitude, where mm-hmm. during winter months there's very low lighting for extended yeah. periods. Depression very high. Mm. Um, that, there's actually a condition called seasonal affective disorder. S A D. Sad. That's <laughs> correct. It. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, I, I can I can totally see that happening. Okay, mm. so what what else? Well, other things like feelings follow your focus. Yeah, so what, feelings follow your focus. Okay, yeah, so right. so what you give your attention to, what you focus on, mm-hmm. we know has a profound effect on how people feel. Okay, and this is why there's it, it's so important. This is really coming out of the positive psychology world. Mm-hmm. Um, the value of focusing on positive things in the past. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about gratitude here. Yeah. In the present, like what went well mm-hmm. today and then in the future, mm-hmm. you know, what, what are you excited about? You know, what gives you hope? Do yeah. you have hope? Yep. We know that these are very important things to focus on for, mm. for people to, to, to be emotionally vibrant. Um, you know, we're talking about the gratitude. Uh, there's actually an exercise that is used in positive psychology and I've done this myself mm-hmm. called the gratitude visit uh-huh. where, and, and perhaps this is a, a challenge. This is the homework for the, for the listeners. Yeah. Think about someone who is alive today who's had a positive, significant impact on your life. Yeah. Right. Now, go away and write down a few paragraphs about that person and the, the difference they've made in your life. Mm-hmm. And then step three, and here's the challenging, challenging part, mm-hmm. go and read it to them. Wow. You know, they find that when people do that, they'll report increased levels of happiness for up to one month after. Wow. And, and if that person's, you know, no longer with you, passed away? Yeah, well, obviously, ideally, you, yeah. you, know, you want to identify someone yeah. that is yeah. still around. I mean, so, so psychologists um, do this thing called empty chair therapy, you know, where yeah. sometimes they say, okay, well, this person isn't here anymore or, yes. or you're not able to speak to them. Yeah. Um, what would you say to them if they were here sitting in this chair? And, and the impact of being able to like stand by somebody's grave and speak yes. the words to them or to the empty chair or, or whatever can actually, yeah, yeah, possibly have a, maybe not as much effect as speaking to the real person, but surely yeah. it'd be better than nothing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think, I think, you know, one of the, one of the, the reasons that an exercise like the gratitude visit performed to a real person mm-hmm. is so uplifting is that we know that our emotional state is very much tied mm. to how we affect other people's emotional mm-hmm. states. So, for example, there's, a, there's a, an ancient um, Quaker proverb that says, I'll lift thee and you'll lift me mm-hmm. and we'll ascend together. Uh. And I wonder whether the, the part of it's that, you know, part of it's focusing on what you're grateful for mm-hmm. you know, and, that's, and that's really the exercise. Wow. But also sharing that and lifting someone else, I think, mm. contributes to that as well. In terms of focusing on positive things though, there's an excellent um, exercise that's commonly used in the positive psychology world called three good things or uh-huh. three blessings sometimes. Yep. And that is that at the end of each day, they get people to write down, focus, really give it their attention mm-hmm. and write down three things that went well that day mm-hmm. and why they're excited, why, why they're thankful for that, why they're grateful for wow, it. Wow, okay. People that do that report progressive increases in happiness for up to six months after. There you go. And so, you know, this, once again, this is, this is this notion of feelings follow your focus, you know, yeah, focusing yeah. on positive things. And so if, if, if you, for example, were a, a person who was, you know, exploring, you know, Christian faith and wanting to mm. integrate prayer in, yes. into your life as a daily routine, yes. this could be something that you could do as, as a part of your prayer to come to the end of each day and, you know, thank God for three blessings that you've identified out, yes. out of that day. You know, I actually think that a core component of prayer, and this is why prayer is so powerful, mm. is actually expressing thanks. 
mm-hmm. expressing gratitude. You know, mm. it forces us to reflect on the things that have gone well yep. and that we're yep. grateful for. But the other element to that is that um, it's also has a, it's focusing on a positive orientation regarding the future. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that whole idea of having a sense of hope. Mm. You know, and 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 as you know has been stated, you know uh, when where there's hope, there's life. Mm. And you know we know that um, when people have that positive expectation, that positive orientation towards the future, mm. that's very powerful for their emotional world. Wow, wow, I like that. Next point, what what, what else are you covering in your book? Oh, we've got things like together feels better. And, and s- I was going to ask that, yeah. Is, is there a relational side to this? Is, is this what that's about? Yes, that's correct. In yeah. fact, I, and in the book, I, I talk about, I talk a lot about the emotional brain in mm-hmm. the book, which is which is called the limbic system. Mm-hmm. I, because we're, I'm an Aussie, I give it a nickname, I call it the, the limbo. The limbo, limbo, but, limbo down. <laughs> <laughs> but essentially what we know is that our emotional brain seem to be connected to others and yeah. in ways that we don't quite understand yet. Mm. Um, and this is possibly due to, there, there are things in your brain called mirror neurons. Mm-hmm. So we actually know that, you know, just like when you see someone yawn, you tend to yawn. Yeah. Um, there seems to be this, this, this connection that we have with each mm-hmm. other. And mm-hmm. so it's not surprising that um, studies clearly indicate that the emotional well-being of the people that we associate with, we tend to assimilate to. Mm-hmm. And so, um, in fact, this, you know, the, the science here is incredible. Um, these, these are studies that have been published in things like the British Medical Journal. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually find that, that um, happiness or unhappiness is socially contagious up to three degrees of separation. Wow. So, what this means is that if someone in a social network becomes, say, happier, mm. then the friends of their friends' friends have an increased chance of becoming happy too. Goodness me. Yeah. So that it's quite incredible. remarkable that, you know, the whole idea of together feels better. And, and certainly we know that when people have positive social relationships, mm-hmm. it really does set them on a good platform mm. um, for experiencing more emotional vitality. And so, you know, what it, what it means is that in the pursuit of living our best life, we really yeah. need to be prioritizing our, our relationships. Wow. Look, those are, are incredible points. And just listening to you, Darren, um, I know there are practical things there that I can put, you know, into place in my life, you know, just like right now, starting today. So mm. that's awesome. If I wanted to read more detail and um, more, of, more of those points, I guess I'd need to get hold of your book. But the happy news is, dear listener, that we are offering you a copy of this book this month. What you have to do, though, we'd like you to subscribe to Signs of the Times magazine, which is just $26 for an entire year's supply. That's 11 magazines. And if you're able to do that uh, this month or, or before stocks run out, we will also send you a copy of Live More Happy, which... Uh, Science Publishing Company has uh, very kindly made available to us. So there you go, Darren. Um, but they've actually had to reprint it. I understand it's it's been so popular this book. Yeah, it's actually it's 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 gone very very well, and we've, there's there's been great interest, and in, you know we've had you know a lot of media attention, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it's in it's just launched its second print run now. Mm, so so that's great. So yeah, if um, if you are interested in getting hold of that book um, and subscribing to the magazine, uh, visit our website, which is signsofthetimes.org. Dot au. Or you could email us at info at signsofthetimes.org.au. Hey, thanks so much, Darren. I really appreciate your time. Um, you're always a, a, a lively interview and, <laughs> um, and, and you put that positivity, you know, we can hear that in your voice. Um, and so, yeah, thanks so much for being here and for sharing uh, some of your research with us. Thank you for having me. Today's episode was based on an article appearing in this month's Science of the Times magazine. 
a subscription is just $26 for 11 issues a year. To find out more, visit signsofthetimes.org.au. Signs of the Times has been published in Australia since 1886 and is proudly produced by Adventist Media. Adventist Media.